This podcast is brought to you by the Pro Bono Institute. PBI is a nonprofit organization that supports, enhances, and helps to transform the pro bono efforts of major law firms, in-house corporate legal departments, and public interest organizations in the U.S. and around the world. Welcome to the Pro Bono Happy Hour. I'm your host, Nihad Mansour, Assistant Director of the Law Firm Pro Bono Project. Today I'm speaking with some of the PBI team. Eve Runyon, President and CEO, Eric Swenson, Director of the Law Firm Pro Bono Project, and Alyssa Saunders, Director of Corporate Pro Bono here at PBI. Despite the many barriers to pro bono faced in 2020, law firm and corporate pro bono data revealed strides in pro bono during a year when the world was jolted to a halt. The 2021 Law Firm Pro Bono Challenge Report examines the pro bono performance of 123 Law Firm Pro Bono Challenge signatories that provided responses to the annual challenge survey regarding their firm's pro bono participation data in the 2020 calendar year. Challenge signatory firms have committed to contribute 3 or 5% of their annual total paying client billable hours to pro bono activities each year. Eric Swenson, director of the Law Firm Pro Bono Project, shared some of the main highlights of the 2021 Law Firm Pro Bono Challenge Report. Despite or maybe because of COVID-19, 2021 was a great year for Law Firm Pro Bono from the standpoint of the effort law firms made. There was such an overwhelming wealth of good news in the report that in one sense, virtually the whole report should be regarded as highlights. But to break down a few key metrics, 123 challenge signatory firms that represented almost 61,000 attorneys participating in pro bono reported contributing over 5.4 million pro bono hours in 2020. That's more than an 8% increase over 2019, despite there being a few less firms reporting for 2020. So that's pretty remarkable. Also, the average pro bono hours per attorney was 69.2 hours, which is substantially better than the minimum challenge standard of 60 hours per year and greatly exceeds the ABA model rule 6.1 target of at least 50 hours per year. This statistic is even more impressive than it sounds because the average factors in all lawyers at a firm, regardless if they're actually participating in pro bono or not. If you look at just attorneys participating in pro bono, they averaged just over 89 pro bono hours each in 2020. The disparity between average pro bono hours per firm attorney and average pro bono hours per participating attorney is shrinking as participation in pro bono continues to grow. The percentage of attorneys participating in pro bono was also up last year and now stands at 77.7%. Particularly notable was the increase in partner participation with 69.5% of partners having contributed. This is the closest partners have ever come to matching the associate participation rate, which was 88.7% in 2020. While we need more attorneys to catch the pro bono wave, we're getting closer to what should be the norm, universal participation. More attorneys than ever are honoring their long-recognized professional obligation to contribute to access to justice, and we hope that trend continues. Not only are more lawyers contributing more pro bono hours than ever, in 2020, their work was focused on the area of greatest needs, helping individuals of limited means. While under the challenge, law firms commit to concentrating most of their pro bono efforts on aiding individual limited means and organizations providing free legal services to individuals of limited means, In 2020, law firms devoted 71% of their pro bono time to these causes. Fantastic. Of course, we can't be complacent because the access to justice gap appears to be growing despite the increased emphasis on pro bono we're seeing from challenge signatory. Eric 
Eric noted some significant differences between 2020 data and other years. 2020 didn't just see improvement in law firm pro bono over 2019. It was truly a record-setting year. Total pro bono hours were the highest ever seen, part of a growth trend that's been going on since 2015 after a plateau between 2010 and 2015. Hours in 2020 were well in excess of twice that achieved 15 years earlier in 2005. Pro bono's share of total billable hours also set a new high in 2020, with pro bono work representing 4.2% of total challenge signatory billable hours for the year. This is a 5% increase over 2019, which in turn was a 5% increase over 2018. While firms of all sizes improved their pro bono percentage in 2020, firms between 50 and 199 attorneys had the biggest uptick, with an improvement of 20% over the prior year. This is not a reflection of such firms having a business turned down during the pandemic. Firms with 50 to 199 lawyers also had the greatest increase in pro bono hours per attorney, jumping an astounding 36% year over year. One of PBI's sweet spots has always been assisting our smallest members who may not have as many internal resources to enhance their pro bono programs. So this result is particularly gratifying for me. We encourage all firms to take advantage of the 15 plus free pro bono program consultation hours that comes with membership in the law firm pro bono program initiative in order to support their improvement efforts. Another significant difference over most years is that 62% of challenge signatory firms with a goal of devoting at least 3% of billable hours to pro bono met their goal. The 3% goal is aspirational. So it's to be expected that not every firm will meet the goal every year. But 2020 is only the third year in the last 20 that over 60% of firms achieved this goal. The analysis of the data traditionally collected from law firm pro bono challenge signatories has expanded in recent years. Eric shared more about how PBI has enhanced the law firm pro bono challenge report. PBI is re-examining the ways it analyzes the information that it has traditionally collected both to make the information presented more meaningful and insightful. For example, with regard to reporting in more meaningful ways, we've enhanced the way we report charitable giving. Our focus was on reporting total giving and average donations per firm. However, this statistic is based on a smaller number of firms than most of the other metrics we collect, and the number of firms reporting in a given year is subject to more fluctuation than the numbers of firms reporting other data. This means that total giving reported from year to year may vary more due to the number of firms reporting than due to a change in generosity of firms. Reporting the average firm donation was intended to account for changes in the number of firms reporting. However, such averaging does not compensate for changes in the cohort of firms reporting. Large firms tend to give more total dollars than small firms because their total revenues are larger. So a shift in the proportion of smaller and larger firms reporting from year to year can change average donations per firm, even without there being any true change in firm generosity. We've now started reporting giving per attorney for four sizes of firms. This should present a much more accurate picture of law firm giving behavior while preserving the confidentiality of information we receive from individual firms, which is very important for us. With regard to finding additional insights from our traditionally collected data, we've also begun to look for interesting correlations in data, such as whether firms doing more pro bono work overall also perform more pro bono work for individuals of limited means, whether partner participation rates were related to associate participation rates, and whether partner participation impacts meeting challenge goals. The various correlations we discovered do not prove causation and the specific results are too detailed to go into here, 
but the information is set forth in the report and provides some food for thought for law firms looking to take their programs to the next level. New optional questions were added to the challenge survey in 2021 relating to COVID-19 and racial justice. Eric explained more about the insight gained from the responses to those questions. While we make an effort to keep our survey questions at a minimum, knowing that law firms would rather spend their time doing pro bono as opposed to reporting on it, we did conclude that adding a few questions could really provide useful insight to law firms in managing their pro bono programs. For one, we'd heard many times from our members and challenge signatories that the racial justice movement and COVID-19 had significantly affected their pro bono programs but we had no systematic data to benchmark this impact. So we added questions around these topics. Though I cannot go nearly into the detail contained in the report during this brief interview, I can say we came away with a substantial amount of valuable information. For example, far from pairing back their pro bono programs to focus on their own COVID-19 related challenges, law firms aggressively responded to the pandemic by helping others with their pandemic challenges via pro bono. Indeed, 97% of responding firms indicate they had provided pro bono services directly in response to the pandemic in 2020, and firms that were able to quantify those efforts spent 8% of their pro bono hours on assisting with COVID-19-driven legal matters. We also gained insight into the type of matters focused on by such firms, like compassionate release of prisoners, which can provide inspiration for firms looking for ways to help, and at the same time point to areas that may not be getting enough attention. Similarly, our report discloses that challenge signatory firms reported making a strong response to the renewed call for racial justice, with 94% of responding firms indicating they had adopted a new or renewed focus on racial justice in 2020. Like COVID-19, we were able to certain the types of matters being focused on by law firms in pressing for racial justice. We also asked for a bit more detail with respect to pro bono staffing with partner and associate participation rates getting such high numbers, even 100% at a significant number of firms, we realized that further growth in an important segment of law firms would likely come in other areas. So we added questions breaking down participation among lawyers in other classifications, law students, and other law firm staff to be able to assess things. Asking these questions for 2020 not only provided us with a useful snapshot of areas on which we had little or no systematic data previously, they lay an important foundation for the years ahead. As we get information from subsequent years, we'll be able to evaluate and report on trends in these areas that can provide even more valuable benchmarking information for law firms and other interested stakeholders. Eric was surprised by some of the data in the report. The report data provided me with a few surprising revelations. First, of course, was the increase in total pro bono hours for 2020. The prior year, 2019, had shown no growth from 2018 And with all the uncertainty and some attorney layoffs or furloughs associated with COVID-19, I was not confident that pro bono hours could hit 5 million in 2020, much less jump by 8% in a single year. Another surprise was that 87% of the increase in pro bono hours between 2020 and 2019 was devoted to services benefiting individuals of limited means. As I noted previously, law firms were already focusing the majority of their work on addressing limited means related needs. To increase the proportion of limited means work even further in a year with such dramatic increase in overall pro bono hours is particularly striking. A third surprise was the correlation we found between increased partner participation and increased pro bono hours per participant. If I had been asked to guess about the relationship between partner participation and pro bono hours per participant, I might have predicted that higher partner participation could lead to lower pro bono hours per participant. 
by virtue of partners putting in fewer hours on pro bono than associates and other firm lawyers. However, the data shows that not only are partners not just paying lip service pro bono, but their participation appears to spur other attorneys to up their hours as well, providing a real benefit to the firm when partners increase their participation. One last surprise I'll mention is the generosity of firms in our smallest member tier, 50 to 199 attorneys. I assume that due to economies of scale, the larger a law firm, the more likely it would be to donate a larger sum to legal service organizations, even when measured on a per lawyer basis. However, the smallest firms averaged almost $1,500 of giving per attorney, not too far off from the $1,700 per attorney of our largest members, and nearly three times as much per attorney as our two middle membership tiers. This has not always been the case, so I'm anxious to see what 2021 brings. On the corporate side, the 2021 CPBO Challenge Report examines the pro bono performance of 44 corporate pro bono challenge signatories that provided responses to an annual survey regarding their department's pro bono participation rates in the 2020 calendar year. Director of Corporate Pro Bono Alyssa Saunders gave an overview of the main highlights of the 2021 CPBO Challenge Report. I'll start off by noting that this is a really exciting year for the Corporate Pro Bono Challenge Initiative. It is our 15th anniversary and we are really encouraging new signatories to make a public commitment to increasing access to justice through pro bono by joining us. Turning to the 2021 Corporate Pro Bono Challenge Report, as the report was titled, In-House Pro Bono in a Challenging Year, the theme of that report really was that in-house pro bono engagement faced a number of challenges in the year 2020. While some departments reported participation rates consistent with prior years, others experienced a dip in participation due to the extraordinary events of last year that impacted in-house pro bono programs. Overall in 2020, the average U.S. in-house lawyer pro bono participation rate for signatories dropped below 50% for the first time since 2014. It was at 49% last year. And the in-house legal staff rate for U.S. in-house legal staff dropped to the lowest level since CPBO began issuing CPBO challenge reports down to 26%. There were several possible reasons for this decline, all connected to the pandemic. At least 29% of responding departments reported decreased volunteer engagement in pro bono. Many regular volunteers were unable to continue their pro bono practice due to factors such as increased business demand and increased family or caregiving responsibility, while others experienced general fatigue with remote work. These hardships appear to have been more acute in certain industries. Not surprisingly, the healthcare industry saw the steepest decline in pro bono participation by U.S. lawyers, dropping from 72% participation in 2019 to 35% in 2020. The utilities industry also saw a large drop from 84% participation of U.S. lawyers in the prior year to 60% participation last year. But other industries such as media, financial services, and insurance stayed fairly steady with regard to their U.S. participation rates. At the same time, the report showed that departments really did pull together in a time of crisis. Many departments reported engaging in pro bono work directly in response to the COVID-19 and racial justice crises. Some of the ways that they helped include assisting small businesses and nonprofits with applying for loans and addressing employment and other issues related to the pandemic, drafting wills for healthcare workers, working on eviction, diversion, and eviction defense, helping prisoners seek compassionate release, assisting domestic violence survivors, 
holding virtual clinics on expungement, family law, estate planning, and other topics, and answering legal questions remotely through online platforms. Additionally, in 2020, many corporations pledge money and action to support racial equity and tackle systemic racism. Many legal departments prioritize pro bono opportunities to further racial justice and serve marginalized communities. We saw responding departments report that many updated their pro bono policies to prioritize racial justice issues, to add racial justice and social justice as new pillars of their pro bono programs, and to offer new pro bono opportunities in areas such as criminal justice, voting rights, economic empowerment, and supporting minority-owned businesses. Therefore, on the whole, while department-wide participation rates did decline in 2020, we are encouraged that this reduction does not reflect a dampening of signatories' commitment to pro bono. The creation of these new programs and the innovations that capitalized on remote platforms are truly encouraging, and we believe these are sustainable developments that will support the growth of impactful in-house pro bono work in the coming years. Alyssa noted a few differences between 2020 data and 2019 data. I'll highlight two significant differences. One, as discussed, we did see department-wide drops in participation rates for U.S. lawyers and U.S. legal staff. The corporate pro bono challenge sets an aspirational goal that at least 50% of a department staff, including attorneys and other professionals, will engage in pro bono annually. Only 44% of responding departments in 2020 met that aspirational goal with regard to their U.S. lawyers, compared to 67% of responding departments in 2019. So again, that's a fairly substantial drop. When we examine the subset of legal departments that responded to our corporate pro bono challenge survey in consecutive years, we see those same trends. For those departments that responded in both 2020 and 2019, only 37% of departments met that aspirational goal of 50% pro bono participation for U.S. lawyers compared to 62% of those same departments that met the goal one year prior. However, this is a great moment to note that we highly encourage more of our signatories to respond to our annual challenge survey so that we can include their data in our report and have a larger data set for those year-to-year comparisons. Second, one positive change of note is that global pro bono actually increased in 2020. We saw that 48% of responding departments with attorneys outside the U.S. engaged in legal pro bono outside of the U.S. That was up 10 percentage points from 2019, and we're really excited to continue tracking the growth of global in-house pro bono. With the continued interest by firms and corporations to do pro bono work in partnership, The CPBO Challenge Report revealed interesting data on corporations partnering with law firms. Legal departments are consistently interested in partnering with law firms on pro bono, and 2020 was no exception. The Challenge Survey found that 86% of responding legal departments entered into pro bono partnerships with outside law firms in 2020. This was the highest percentage of departments that entered into pro bono partnerships with law firms in the past four years of our Challenge Reports. And those pro bono partnerships exist at both the local and global levels. Going beyond what we shared in the report, the survey found that some departments are partnering with firms on pro bono opportunities in specific cities or countries, while other departments are working with a common law for a partner across continents. It's very exciting to see that many of the law firm challenge signatories are partnering with corporate pro bono challenge signatories as well. 
We also see that legal departments are increasingly considering pro bono as a factor when evaluating outside counsel for retention or when sending out requests for proposals for their business matters. Of course, legal departments are looking for the firm with the best capabilities to address their business matter at hand. However, when deciding between two firms that are expert in the field or deciding whether to add or to keep a firm on a panel, pro bono is often a factor under consideration. This year, 63% of responding legal departments said they consider a law firm's pro bono performance when evaluating outside counsel. That is the highest percentage ever since we started tracking this metric in our annual challenge report. We also asked whether companies encourage their outside law firms to join the law firm challenge. 36% of responding departments say that they do encourage their law firms to join the challenge. Finally, the survey responses showed that the law firm legal department partnerships are truly engaging in innovation. In 2020, we saw law firms and legal departments partnering up to address crises, such as working together to take on innocence project cases or compassionate release cases as part of a joint equal justice initiative. We also saw in-house and law firm lawyers working together to serve businesses and nonprofits that were responding to COVID-19. Going forward, we expect to see firms and departments continuing to work together to increase their impact. Alyssa shared more about the noticeable trends she's seen in corporate pro bono generally and the challenge data over the years. One trend we've seen over the past few years is increased engagement by legal staff and professionals in pro bono. We've also seen increased engagement by employees outside of the legal department. We've just started to track that development in the past two years and look forward to continuing to monitor those developments. Another trend we've seen in corporate pro bono is a diversification in the types of pro bono opportunities that legal departments are taking on. While bite-sized opportunities like brief advice clinics remain very popular, we see departments taking on a very wide range of matters, everything from research projects, document drafting, application assistance, policy and advocacy, transactional work, helping small businesses and nonprofits, and litigation matters in areas ranging from housing to consumer debt to family law to asylum. The breadth and depth of in-house pro bono programs as they grow and mature is really incredibly exciting. We're also seeing some changes in the way that in-house pro bono programs are managed. Most pro bono programs are run by volunteer pro bono committees and co-chairs. However, a number of departments have devoted either a full-time attorney position, a full-time project manager, a part-time attorney position, an administrative professional, or some combination thereof to managing the pro bono program. These staffing changes can increase the capacity of the department to develop strategic priorities, organize new and impactful opportunities, and really grow their programs. It may be too soon to call this a trend, but CPBO will continue to collect data on this topic and it is developing new resources for departments that are considering hiring professionals to run their programs. Given the 2020 pro bono data in both reports, Eve Runyon, PBI's CEO and president, gave her thoughts on the way in which the legal community has responded to the COVID-19 pandemic. 2020 was an extraordinary year for so many reasons. Even though we saw a difference in pro bono metrics between law firms and in-house legal departments with law firm pro bono hours increasing and in-house participation rates on average decreasing, law firms and legal departments rallied in response to the crises of 2020. Universally, there was tremendous focus by firms and departments on the unique needs created by the pandemic. 
And while there were challenges to providing these services, it was inspiring to see so many law firms and legal departments work with and support legal services organizations as we collectively had to rethink how we deliver legal services to those in need. Moving to a virtual environment put strains on all aspects of legal services and impacted the entire legal community, from courts to legal services organizations to firms and companies. How the pandemic impacted each segment of the legal community was very different. For example, while the private bar was able to shift easily to working from home, many legal services organizations faced numerous challenges in shifting client services to remote work. Some did not have the technology at the start of the pandemic to support a remote work environment. While the firms and companies could easily shift to remote work, many faced layoffs, increased workloads, and more. And we can never forget the enormous impact of the pandemic on our clients, on those served. There is still a lot to learn, and there are a number of efforts across the legal community to capture lessons from the pandemic in hopes of improving the delivery of legal services. While we still face enormous challenges, I am encouraged by the passion, dedication, and innovation so many pro bono and access to justice champions brought in response to the pandemic. This is a community that shows up each and every time we face a crisis and rises to the challenge of continuing to address the legal needs of underserved communities, even when the pathway forward is unclear. Eve explains how the growing interest of firms and corporations in racial justice is significant to how the legal community can promote access to justice for all through pro bono. Similar to the response to the needs created or exacerbated by the pandemic, the response to the call for racial justice in the wake of the killing of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Aubrey was also inspiring. There has been a universal focus on racial justice among firms, legal departments that is unprecedented. It includes a strengthening of diversity inclusion efforts to promote diversity and equity within the legal profession. This has incorporated more learning and education for employees on issues of race and equity. There has been increased giving to organizations that support black and brown communities. This includes legal services organizations, civil rights organizations, other nonprofits, as well as institutions of higher learning. There has been more visible engagement and advocacy to address policies that negatively impact black and brown communities. And for pro bono work, there has been an emphasis on matters that address racial injustice, both in terms of providing direct services and promoting systemic change. Some firms and legal departments have hired professionals to focus on pro bono and racial equity issues. Others have stood up racial justice pro bono initiatives or have made racial justice a pillar of their pro bono effort. And there's a lot more. The list is really quite long and impressive. The significance of this focus, or at least one significant aspect, is that it allows firms and departments to be even more intentional in how their programs promote access to justice and justice for all. It allows them to focus their efforts on longstanding inequities and to do so in a matter that is more holistic. It creates opportunities for firms and departments to be deliberate and create efforts to promote long-needed change for communities. Given the 2020 pro bono performance of law firms and corporations, Eve shared what she anticipates for pro bono in 2021. PBI issues its law firm pro bono challenge and corporate pro bono challenge surveys in early 2022. So we will not have data on pro bono performance by firms and departments until later in 2022. Anecdotally, we know that the energy and commitment to pro bono and justice for all that we saw in 2020 continues into 2021. There certainly are elements to keep in mind that may impact pro bono performance in 2021, either for the good or the bad. This includes one, that many continue to work from home or many continue to work from home 
in 2021. This includes firms, departments, and legal services organizations. This can serve both as a positive and a negative with regard to participation. Two, work demand remains high for some, limiting time to do pro bono. Three, while many kids have gone back to school this fall, some folks still have increased childcare or other home care responsibilities. Four, some in-person gatherings have resumed, which is great, but other services remain virtual, which can be both a positive and a negative. And finally, and probably most importantly, the energy for and commitment to pro bono remains high. This is true among leaders at firms and departments, so managing partners and general counsel, those running pro bono programs, whether it's your pro bono counsel, your pro bono coordinator, or the chair of your pro bono program, and pro bono volunteers, which is fantastic. Overall, PBI remains very encouraged. Whether hours and participation continue at the same level as last year, we'll have to wait and see. But we know that firms and departments will continue to do this extremely important work. Thank you to Eve Runyon, Eric Swenson, and Alyssa Saunders for their thoughtful remarks on the Law Firm and Corporate Pro Bono Challenge Reports. Check out the 2021 Law Firm and Corporate Pro Bono Challenge Reports on PBI's website, www.probonoinst.org. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Pro Bono Happy Hour. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Pro Bono Happy Hour.